Today, we are joined by the lovely Erin Amadi, my business partner on Probably Nothing, who specializes in media. He is the media brain of our company. As you know, we're very strong on the media side, TV shows, content, social media, everything you can think of that's media related. So today we have Aaron. Aaron, how are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you, brother. That's a very, very warm introduction and happy to be on. You like my talk show voice? Yeah, it's it's a lot more it's a lot more radio more show. Radio. Thanks. I thought you were gonna jump in and be like, ha, ha, welcome to that show. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm trying to do different voices. I'm trying to do this detention voice, and then after on the TV, you know, on the TV shows, different just to make sure we have uh, always an evolving difference of content. So people are like, oh, that's that's radio host Jeremy. No, of course, of course. So I know that one of the big things you want to talk about was media. And what do you think the importance is of really making media priority in the Web3 space? Well, the Web3 space being where it is today, uh, still in its infancy with a small percentage of people actually honestly using this. And even within that small percentage, a very small percentage, really understanding the underlying tech education and the media narrative have to be the right way. The space is so, so, so new. And it's changing second by second, and it couldn't be more important in a nutshell. You know, with that said, right, like one of the biggest things with NFTs that really transcend to more traditional media is the, the idea that you have IP ownership, right? For traditional companies, you know, whether it be studios, agencies, whatever it is, um, how do you think that NFTs will position the future of media by providing IP rights? I think it provides people with small sub brands that they can work with, kind of like franchises. So if I think what a lot of people have a problem with is they can't get their head started with developing um, storylines, characters, you know, creative, getting the ball rolling, but they're happy to like truck along and carry a brand once they have it in their hands. So NFT is giving people those franchisable sort of IP rights where they can piggyback off a of big, bigger brands and take that character, take the story to a bigger level. It's, it's going to give smaller people, I think, who don't have the footing to develop something from scratch an easier way to get into the industry what do you think uh, the future is in terms of teaching people what to do with that ip obviously like you know you can give people ip rights but if they don't know what to do with it how do we solve that problem i think the easiest thing to do is showcase good examples and not necessarily just celebrities who happen to purchase a million dollar ape and go out there and put on music shows but showcasing good examples and showcasing people how you can use these tools. I mean, like I said, it's there's a huge vacuum in the space of good information and right education. And I think that we're poised to provide that to everyone. Yeah, so I mean, Board Ape always is the example we think of, right? Because it is, it is the most mainstream, most popular one. But you see a lot of projects now that really do have valuable IP in the sense that their artwork is valuable, their design is valuable. And, and truthfully speaking, if they had the ability to connect with mainstream celebrities or, or whatever it is, like it could really add value to that IP or even, you know, just essentially IP value comes with eyeballs, right? And people liking that IP. Once people connect to it emotionally and their eyeballs, that's what makes IP valuable because it attracts attention. That's really all it is. With that said, you know, is there a world where people in the Web3 space focus on building more tools? Like, you know, our friend, our friend Cameron Mullen at NFF, for example, like he, his whole project, non-fungible films, is about building a essentially Web three studio, right, entertainment studio, Web three, Web three, and giving people the ability and tools to to use IP that they partner with. Cameron's project is really amazing because it's you know it's giving that ecosystem to people who want to 
develop, like I said, storylines and characters and IP and brands and projects. Like I said before, it's just showcasing people good examples of what can be done with the right IP and making sure that the good stories get highlighted. That's a big problem. And, you know, what we've talked about personally a lot is it's rarely the good stories you see out there. And if you do see a good story out there about this industry, it's usually just tied to cash. And that's about it. It's like something sold. There, that's all there is to it. So it's a lot of surface level stuff, a lot of cursory level of knowledge that makes people think, okay, cool, this guy got lucky with something he drew. That has nothing to do with me. I can't get in line with that. But if you showcase to people that education can be part of things and you can showcase to people that you can actually develop stuff from scratch, you know, it's that's kind of what I think will fill the void is the right messaging and narrative, as I always say. 100%. So, I mean, if, you know, I don't think everyone needs to go create a cartoon necessarily, but at the same time, it's like we're living in, you know, in this digital renaissance or, or creative renaissance, whatever you want to call it, because like you see people like the Reese Witherspoons of the world take an interest in a space because they're able to, you know, take something like world of women and turn it into a series right my biggest thing before i was this is one thing that's always i've always found very interesting right is that coming from the entertainment industry both of us you know when you do case studies on whether a show does well right and obviously this has evolved over the years but you and I both know that two, three hundred thousand views for whatever it is, like views, eyeballs, you know, dedicated fans, whatever you want to call it. But that's not a lot. That's not a lot. Like the network's aim in the millions, right? Yet Reese Witherspoon, Hello Sunshine, her company, you know, all these different agencies are willing to jump on a project like World of Women, right? That has let's just say it has uh, 10,000 NFTs, right? 10,000 NFTs, meaning roughly, you're probably looking at maybe seven, 8,000 owners. And these are not off the top of my head. I'm just giving you an example. It doesn't have to actually be World of Women. This is just an example, but like an NFT that has that, right? You obviously have to consider that there's been turnaround, has had other owners, but in the current state, people who care enough to still have it, it's about like, let's say seven, 8,000, right? That is such a small case study of people that care enough about that IP or a project, right? Yet it's an, it, it goes up against the traditional entertainment statistics. So I've always wondered like, why are all these people willing to do that? Like versus like the traditional entertainment platforms where they're looking for two, 300,000. So it's, it's interesting. I think people need to really value more of like existing IP, creating new IP, but more so focusing beyond these collections of like the roadmaps or, you know, and I'm not saying it's bad to do access to events and stuff. We do that too, you know, for probably nothing access events on all those things but when people are creating pfp brands or brands in general i feel like they need to start thinking more and we've seen some of this but really starting honing in on like what is this going to look like as a movie franchise a tv franchise all these things and like how do i empower people to actually do that they're not thinking the entertainment route like we do where you build a show own it, and sell it right people are getting picked up by these things and it's very exciting but the traditional entertainment sense like you want to keep that ownership to yourself and then sell it, right? Like that's the whole point of, of when you do things traditionally. So like if some of these projects would just start creating that content shows, they could probably get much bigger, more interesting deals. And I think that's why a lot of these agencies are jumping on because they're like these NFT projects, a lot of them don't have that background and don't know how it works. And they're getting excited because the big agencies want to sign them. Yeah, that's, that's true. And also like, I think the what you highlight is, is also highly correct is that they don't have that, uh, that entertainment lens on and that lifestyle lens on. So there, people, most people's focus with this stuff is basically, can I sell the collection out to make a lot of funds and I'll focus on doing stuff, which is great. Like you said, in the core community, doing events, we do that kind of stuff too. But 
how do I, before I even construct this brand, how can I make sure that it lives outside of the box of Web3? And it could make sense to look cool on a hoodie. It makes sense to, you know, be in an event or be in an animation. I mean, to going back to like Reese Witherspoon uh, and World of Women with Hello Sunshine, they're adapting their NFTs into movies. That's a, I mean, that's a massive, that's a massive deal. It's one huge industry from hundreds of years ago colliding with an industry that was developed a few years ago. And you don't see that kind of stuff um, a lot these days. And so when you see stories like that, you see collaborations and not purely acquisitions of NFTs. That should be enough to spur people into excitement and say, okay, so it's not just I sell the 8K, I made this much, and now I can hire three more people to do series two, and we can do some events on a rooftop in downtown LA. It, it should go much beyond that uh, because it's just, it's such a small industry. I think people forget we're in such a tiny bubble. We're in the small single digits of percentage of people who use this stuff. 70% of people in the US don't even know what an NFT is. Uh, the other 30, if they know what an NFT is, I guarantee you they probably don't understand it truly. It's a very small percentage of people who know what these things are. Um, and it's just, I think it's like a quarter of millennials who are actively engaging in this market. So it's way, 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 way smaller than we think. We're part of a very, very small portion of early adopters. Um, so it's just making sure that, hey, if we're being new into the space, we better be the ones who tell the story right. So the other 70% can come on board successfully as well. 100%. No, absolutely. Look. I'd love to talk about this more, but our whole point of this micro podcast is to keep it micro. So I, I oh, want to probably cut it there, but I'll do my voice. Thank you again so much to Aaron Amati for joining us on episode four of the detention micro podcast by probably nothing where you will learn all sorts of different information that'll allow you to go and create your own project. Hopefully successfully. We are here for you. We hear you. We see you. Thank you for joining so much. My name is Jeremy Fallen. Again, we were joined by the lovely, Aaron Amadi here, my business partner, probably nothing. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Much enjoy the rest of your day.